Team Awesome is back. That's right. Varian Team Awesome is back, and we are doing another episode of Tangle Talk with Team Awesome. We are on the second episode of our hiatus. We are about a month in at this point. Um, tonight, we are going to be reviewing Rapunzel and the Lost Lagoon. But before we get into that, I'd like to point out that the Air More Tangled petition has reached 1,000 signatures, which Woo-hoo. is very exciting. It um, came out of I, nowhere. Like, the last time I looked yeah, at it, it was like 800. Yeah, for a long time, it was like hovering at 800. And then, like, two weeks later, I checked it. And they're like, by the way, you're two away from 1,000. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Where did these people come from these past two weeks? So thanks a lot, guys. That's really awesome. Um, keep up the good work. And remember to comment about the series on Tangled's Facebook page, although Kelsey's comments have been getting deleted I by them. I swear they have. Because every time they post something, I'm always like, you know what would be awesome is if you re-ran the show and this and this. And I it keeps getting deleted. And I'm like, oh, we'll fight. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Top fan, huh, Tangled? Yeah, I know, right? I'm offended. I'm going to lose my mm. top fan status if you keep deleting all my comments. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, also, it's not even uh, mean. It's just, like... Like, it was some post about cookies, and it was like, wouldn't it be awesome to have a cookie that Rapunzel baked? And I was like, you know what would be even more awesome is if you re-ran the show. And they deleted it. I was like, oh, we're going to fight. I don't know. So, also, on the Disney Channel's Instagram account and their Twitter account, to make sure you make your comments, Mm -hmm. um, use the Air More Tangled hashtag when requesting reruns and more merchandise. Always remember to thank them for what they've given us so far. Um, I mean, we're heading into the last season, and so it's like we want to get stuff out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, they, they stopped making merch for the, after the first season, and I'm just like, guys, it's a good show. We didn't it's get so anything wonderful. in the second season, did we? Nothing, no, nothing. Like, we <sighs> even canceled. Well, they made, they made a little bit of stuff, because remember they made the, the like, back-to-school things? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, but... They, like, but none of it, us bought any of that. We were all like, oh, yeah, staying up till midnight, gonna get all that new merch. And then it was just a bunch It was of a backpack, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> okay, honestly, owl like, wasn't even the right color. Like, what the <laughs> frick? I wanted my adventure, you did! Honestly, I did get the, um, the, like, notebook and peachy folder and the little thing with, with the pencil case and all that stuff. That's adorable. It had some really cute art on it. So, it's like, I'm gonna get that. I think I got um, the water bottle. <laughs> and I actually, the pencil case is my art pencil case now. So it's like, it is in function. So it's not like it just sits there. And uh, yeah, I can't remember what my little, I have a Corona Sun rubber. Oh, the Corona Sun rubber keychain thing came on that, that bag. But I transferred that to my little uh, pencil case. So uh, it's adorable and I love it. Um, but yeah, but they didn't really make any season two merch. They canceled all of the books that were supposed to come out for season two, except for... Uh, Vanishing Village. Because um, I think we had <laughs> at least one or two more of Rapunzel's Tangled Tales. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. supposed to come out and those got canceled. Um, the one that I am forever salty about was the Replica Journal because mm-hmm. that was supposed to come out and they pulled that two weeks before it was supposed to come out. And I'm like, <sighs> are you freaking kidding me? Hopefully they're like waiting till the end to bring that back. You but... know, there are some, I will say there are some things that came out after certain series like Gravity Falls journals came out after the series ended. Mm-hmm. So 
maybe they'll release Rapunzel's journal after the series ends and they'll have the whole journal. Mm -hmm. Because it kind of felt like if they were releasing a replica journal that they were intending to release like extra pages or extra chapters per season or... Yeah, maybe they thought that one through and they're like, ooh, maybe we should wait. Maybe we should just just wait on this one, yeah. (laughs) Also, the fact that the soundtrack has been removed from downloadable. You can only stream it. Oh, really? It didn't get put back? Oh, no. Nobody's nobody's said anything about it being put back. I've actually seen somebody recently complain about ah, it not being available for download. Me. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm so glad I downloaded that within the first, like, day because I've got it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know? So it's, like, crazy. Yeah, um, it really isn't on there. Oh, you little brat. Yeah, see? <laughs> <sighs> Nobody's so, listening to our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, also, I know, right? Like, they complain about things and then they don't make it available. So, whatever. Disney does not know what they're doing. Like, it's interesting. It's easy to say Disney as a blanket, but, like, marketing is being told what to do. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily their decision, but even so, marketing is marketing it badly. Like, and it's not the crew's fault, so don't get so, mad at them, well, people. Yeah. And, <laughs> they don't get mad at them but don't bother to even ask them why yeah. because they don't know you yeah. know if it were up to them it would be hella marketed there'd be so much merch and yep. like yeah so. all out of their control i've seen lots of people asking about it and i'm just like they can't it's, do yeah, anything there's, there's nothing they can do about it guys very unfortunate but true um however one of the few bits of merch we are still getting is the comic book series this is the last series of the comic book series there is one series per season and so this is the third one. This is the last one. After this, after next issue, there will be no more of the comic either. But at least this is its actual run. It's not being canceled on us. This was the plan. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how it, the series has planned for three seasons. Well, so does the comic. Um, but issue two came out last week on May 15th. Um, Rapunzel and the crew go to the circus, which is operated by a man and his phoenix. And when Rapunzel finds out that the phoenix is doing all of the hard work with illusionary animals and acrobats, and she decides she's going to free this creature that is being worked to exhaustion in exploitation of its magical magical skill. Does this sound familiar? Mm. Um, I have to openly admit that this made me incredibly emotional. Like, I'm... I don't know. I don't know if it was just because I was feeling for Rapunzel because they bothered to do a flashback about her in the tower with Gothel her entire life. Because Eugene was standing up for her because I really love phoenixes. Like, I don't know why. I guess there's just a whole bunch of small factors. But, like, I, like, got teary-eyed of reading this comic, like, three times. So, uh, yeah. It's it's probably not as emotional as I found it. But... It's um, sweet. I was like, oh, it's my really goodness. Sweet, I really enjoyed this one. I really, really enjoyed this one. And I noticed that between this one and the last one, previously they did a lot of, like two or three stories per comic and mm. the last couple issues they've done like no there's one story that fills mm-hmm. up the entire so um next one should be interesting it's the one about that woman with the paintings that it looks like they're traveling into and mm. through so i'm like i'm interested in that one that's gonna be fun i wonder if zontari will be in that one because he's been in a lot like like the whole trying to possess their thing has been in like a lot of the well, other comics and that kind of just yeah, like disappeared well that was like a huge feature of like the second series yeah um mm-hmm. So they, that's when they started being like, oh, John Thierry this, John Thierry that. And mm. I'm like, ooh, they're actually pulling him into the comics. Yay. So, yeah, maybe maybe the whole thing with the, like, magic paintings is going to have something to do with him. So mm. that'd be cool. Um, but now we are going to go ahead and we're going to review this book. And y'all are going to get a treat. And by a treat, I mean 
I'm going to be literally reading the synopsis that I wrote for this book when it came out. And it's going to take a while because it's a long synopsis. I remember as I was writing the synopsis, how long it took me to write the synopsis. Like, I had so many posts being like, I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. And I kept, like, having to save the draft and take a break. <laughs> it took a long time to write the synopsis. So um, there, I wrote never wrote a synopsis for the second book. So um, you're not going to get that next podcast. But this time you're going to get a nice long read through. And we will pause when we have comments. Because um, <laughs> there's a lot of comments. Um, it was an interesting book. It's an it interesting was, book. Yeah, it it was. But I will say, I will start this out by admitting that back. I mean, I do recall how difficult it was for me to like Cassandra at the beginning. Like, I'm like, I want to like her. I can tell I'm supposed to like her, but I'm having trouble getting there. This book did not help. Mm -hmm. I did not like her. <laughs> in this book. So yeah, all right. And then your intuition turned out to be kind of right. Exactly. No, you want to know the absolute truth. The absolute truth is that my cat's intuition was correct. You remember how they used to always knock Cassandra oh, off my yeah. <laughs> They knew. They were trying to tell you. And I, like, moved all of my Cassandras out of their reach. Like, they have to actually do some really fancy footwork to knock her off. I have, they've done it before a couple times. But, um, yeah, so all three of my, my little Cassandra dolls... You know, the Disney Store one, the Hasbro one, and then the miniature Disney Store one. Those have all been found on the floor at various points. It's um, her fall from grace. It is. They were trying to tell you. <laughs> Sasha knew. Sasha told Cinder. They both tried to warn me. I didn't listen. I didn't listen. You didn't listen. Always listen to your cats. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> they know things. All right. Cats so. know best Listen to your kitties. <laughs> You're welcome. It's beautiful. So, Rapunzel and the Lost Lagoon by Leela Howland. Yeah. Part one. Our story begins one week after the events of Tangled. Rapunzel is trying to get into the swing of this royal life. She has the guards on her tail almost all the time, and she does not yet have a handmaiden of her own. Friedborg, who is Queen Ariana's lady-in-waiting, is filling in in the meantime and teaching Rapunzel things like how to properly sit, how to close the door without turning her back on the room, how to properly sip her tea, etc. Rapunzel is in the garden, climbing a tree, with a small gaggle of guards preparing to catch her should she fall. All she wants is some time to herself to paint, so after Eugene brings her her paper and she convinces the guards to take a break, she sets out to work on the perfect view, but instead she sees Cassandra training in the field next to the garden wall. Um... I just wanted to point out that I was, I did really enjoy this beginning of the book because I was yes. like, hey, I really missed seeing, uh, you know, Rapunzel returning to the castle yes. and getting used to life. Oh, it's all I wanted to see. She's <laughs> already gone through it by the time we get to Before Ever mm -hmm. After. So I was like, oh, but yeah. we all theorized about this for so long. I know. Yeah, I will say that that was one of the disappointing things that starting at six months later, we didn't get to see. Because here's the thing, you have to remember also, we had no idea what to expect from this series. Yeah. So we're like, well, it's going to be a day in the life of the castle thing. And they're like six months after the end of the movie. And we're like, six months? I'm like, wait a minute, no. you skipped the best part. Hold on. <laughs> Go back. Kind of princess. What are we talking about? <laughs> But also the beginning of this book it was super great because it has that great quote about Eugene from Eugene oh. about um here let me find it oh, it's the so exact good. quote this is such a good quote I love it so mm. much it's like possibly the best thing he has ever said in the entire series even if the book's not technically canon he has said this um okay <laughs> he says sorry for what for giving me the chance to spend the rest of my life 
life with you, my most favorite person in the whole world, for sharing this life of haute cuisine and endless spa treatments, for providing me with a suite in the castle, for offering me a future as a prince seated next to my best friend. I'll study foreign fancies and diplomatic decorum and macro and microscopic economic economics if I have to. My point is that I'll join a dishwashing club or participate in a meatloaf eating competition if that's what it takes to make your dad accept me. I couldn't be happier about this. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> Also, I'm sorry, but he, did he say something about being a prince? Because I'm going to get it again. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I literally eat prince. You guys, it's, it's been a month, and I still can't, still can't really talk about it. It just makes me so happy. So great. Every once in a while, I just take a look at you, dude, and I'm just like, ah, he's a Every time I watch that freaking episode... <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I still like get to that point. I'm like, Ellie was right. We all were backing her up, and she was right all along. <laughs> it's so, so good. It's also not helping that I keep buying more and more Dark Prince Eugene things. <laughs> <laughs> Soon my walls will be covered, and I'll just be like, <laughs> every time I go into my room. <laughs> You'll be like you'll be like Eugene. You'll just be standing there, surrounded by pictures. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pretty much. <sighs> As we were, Cassandra throws a shot, or you know, for shot put, accidentally over the wall and at Rapunzel. We discover that Cassandra is not excited about the Lost Princess's return. She feels that security around the kingdom has gone lax since Rapunzel always has to have a regiment tailing her. Cassandra has no interest in even meeting her. Rapunzel asks Ariana about the heavy iron ball, and Ariana identifies Cassandra as the likely thrower. Ariana suggests that Rapunzel invite Cassandra to join them at the upcoming Feast of Elodie the Great. We don't ever find out who Elodie the Great is. Uh, <laughs> it's just an excuse for another corona party, I guess. Um, we find out that the captain really wants Cassandra to make a good impression so that she'll be chosen as Rapunzel's lady-in-waiting, but Cassandra has no interest in that either. Her goal is to make the most comprehensive maps of the kingdom so she can find any hidden caverns connected to the Hurstasan's underground tunnels. Yay, I like this bit because the book actually referenced episodes that we had seen because up at this point, yeah. I've gotten, you know, like halfway through season one with not like queen for a day halfway but mm -hmm. we had gotten pretty far into season one when this episode aired and so the fact that the book was referencing things that we had seen in the series is pretty exciting <laughs> she's hoping that by doing so she will prove herself worthy of being a guard also she wants to learn a special move the winged beast which is a two-man move and so it's been impossible for her to practice it while she's going over her maps, Rapunzel arrives, Eugene in tow, to return the shots and introduce herself and invite her to the feast. Cassandra's about to make up an excuse, but Rapunzel informs her that she's already asked the captain if Cassandra is free and says that they are both invited, so Cassandra is stuck attending whether she wants to or not. She does not. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky Rapunzel. She's so smart. <laughs> this is why she's a Slytherin, I swear. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eugene shows Rapunzel the Royal Library, which she's never seen before. She's gobsmacked. After all, she has had three books her whole life, and now she has more than she can read in a lifetime, and she's allowed to take them back to her room. Eugene falls asleep reading the Tales of Flanagan Writer, Volume 1, and as the sun sets, Rapunzel decides to get a book on sports for Cassandra, since she's so sporty. While looking, she finds this little book bound in green leather titled The Lost Lagoon. Gee, does that sound familiar? <laughs> it turns out to be a book that's written in Coronian and some other language later identified as Saporian. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yay! I'm going to pause here to let you guys know how much I appreciate the things that we've learned watching the series turning out to be important in the novel. Mm -hmm. Even if, like, technically the novel's not canon, the fact that there was, like, any research done at all. Like, I, I don't believe that... 
uh, Layla Howland did a lot of consultation. Like, she didn't know where the series was going, but she obviously she found out things that had not aired yet in order to write the book. I'm curious because... how that goes. Like, did they just give her the information and he she had to yeah. throw it together? Or... I know that she didn't consult the writers. Chris has said that, she, that the writers of the show were not consulted in the writing of the books or the comics or anything like that. Yeah. Hmm. So somebody had to give her a breakdown... I mean, and obviously she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement that she couldn't talk about it, mm -hmm. about what she read and all that kind of fun stuff. So anyway, um, later that night, Ariana tells Rapunzel that she has decided to appoint Cassandra as her lady-in-waiting, and Rapunzel's all for that idea. She's very curious about this fighting woman of few words. At mm. the feast, Rapunzel formally requests that Cassandra be her lady-in-waiting, and not unlike when Rapunzel was proposed to, Cassandra makes a run for it to get some fresh air and to <laughs> let it sink in that she's going to be forced to do this thing that she really doesn't want to do. <laughs> I just think it's funny, because it just yeah. doesn't, I don't know. Because, like, we saw that flashback in that great tree, and, like, right. she seems all nice and stuff, and then, and I know it's not can like, it's not canon, but it's still funny to see the differences. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you're like, ah, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> She nipped on out of there. <laughs> At their very first meeting as princess and lady-in-waiting, Rapunzel reveals the lost lagoon to Cassandra, who takes an immediate interest. After all, this poem sounds like directions to the lagoon and mentions an ancient power that's hidden there. As Rapunzel reads, Cassandra is able to line up the descriptions with places she's mapped out in the past. Cassandra borrows the book from Rapunzel and takes it back to her chamber to compare the poem to the maps. She decides to go searching for the lagoon that night. But she doesn't realize that Rapunzel is following her. That is not until she freezes in a panic, thinking that she's going to drown, and Rapunzel comes out of nowhere and helps her out of it. Together, they make their way to the rest of the way down to the lagoon, and Rapunzel offers to teach Cassandra how to swim, since the childhood trauma has stopped Cassandra from ever learning and giving her the strongest phobia of the, wa of the water. Um, I just wanted to stop here, because reading that, that portion about how she's like, oh, I gotta find this ancient power i'm like oh that sounds a little familiar <laughs> oh, oh yikes <laughs> like most blatant foreshadowing ever that we never would have expected because now i'm reading that and i'm like oh my god it was staring us right in the face and I up on it. holy crap <laughs> but she's like yeah. oh ancient power lots of power i love it hey. <laughs> And it's like, oh god, it was there the whole time. God damn it! <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh man. Cassandra is surprised that Rapunzel doesn't laugh at her for her fear. Rapunzel uses a very successful method where she has Cassandra talk her through the process of polishing armor step by step, and after every verbal step, Cassandra takes a physical one deeper into the water. She's been so busy focusing on the instruction that she's not afraid by the time she gets deep enough to tread. Cassandra is even more surprised when Rapunzel calls her brave for facing her fear. As the sun rises higher and the light hits the lagoon, they notice these blue gem-like things blazing at the bottom of the pool. So Rapunzel dives down and retrieves a few, but when they're taken from the water, there's nothing particularly special about them. They decide to head back to the castle, and Cassandra makes Rapunzel promise to keep the lost lagoon a secret between them. Rapunzel has misgivings, but agrees in the end. Cassandra lets it slip that she wants to be a guard, and Rapunzel tells her that she'll keep her, she'll help her live her dream. Later that night, Rapunzel returns to the blue rocks that she retrieved from the bottom of the lagoon into matching friendship bracelets for herself and to, for Cassandra. The I'm blue sorry, stone is just rocks? too ironic. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Friendship bracelets? Guys. Oh, it hurts. Oh, that's, yeah, that's worse. <laughs> turn into friendship bracelets? Cripes. <laughs> you know, Disney, you could just 
punch me in the chest, it would hurt less. Like, <laughs> god damn. And I'm sure they didn't even, they probably didn't even, like, mean it like that. They might have, but they probably wonder, did it. You have to remember, Layla probably didn't know that far in advance. Yeah. I wonder if they read, if they read the book. I just wonder if they read the books after they came out and they were like, Laughing. God damn it. <laughs> Hope nobody picks up on that. Bury it. Bury it. Okay. So, interlude. Yes, this book has an interlude. This is admittedly my first WTF moment of the book because during the interlude, they literally rehash the most basic plot events from Tangled Before Ever After and What the Hair, but they leave out things like Lady Kane and the plot to take King Frederick down, and instead of being in chapter prose form is written like single paragraph journal entries alternating back and forth between Rapunzel and Cassandra. So it took me out of the moment when I got to that part mm-hmm. when I was reading it. It's just, it was like, wow, this seems like you didn't know how to write this section. So you just hack me it and yeah. threw something together. So mm-hmm. that was a little awkward for me to read. They talk about how they go to the Lost Lagoon frequently and Cassandra becomes a good swimmer, but they can't find the ancient power spoken of in the poem. It gets cold and stormy and they forego going to the lagoon for the time being, deciding to pick up the search again when the weather is nicer. But in the meantime, they have to prepare for Rapunzel's coronation. Eugene proposed. That was a shock. Rapunzel's hair grew back. Also a shock. But you know there was no mention whatsoever of Lady Kane, like I said. (laughs) It goes over how Cassandra makes Rapunzel promise not to tell how her hair grew back and about how she eventually told Eugene anyway, but there's no mention of Varian. So (laughs) the interlude was kind of confusing. Like, really pretty dang confusing in, in... Not even retrospect. It was confusing at the time. I was like, y'all are leaving out some really important factors. You know about Xavier and Saporia, but you don't mention Varian. That makes tons of sense. It's like somebody put the movie on, but was doing other things, and then had to explain <laughs> what the movie was about. Oh, man. <laughs> down, like, on a dream sequence, and they're like, so somehow they get from, like, you know what? It's literally like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> section of kingdom hearts you just leave out the important bits and you go wait i'm missing something i know i'm missing something (laughs) part two rapunzel and cassandra finally find the time to go back to the lagoon but not much time because the havarian dignitaries are arriving for their long stay before the hidden moon festival which is usually called the flower moon festival and takes place on the first full moon in april i'm I'm sorry but the hidden moon (laughs) (laughs) that is ridiculous told her and they planned that or they didn't tell her and they went what, what? in god's name how did she fa- what even <laughs> it's very amusing it really is oh my god i love it <laughs> you guys you guys you can't it, this isn't like you know this isn't like all the other shows that you're like how that didn't have any foreshadowing there was foreshadowing just not where we expected <laughs> <laughs> It was here the entire time. Foreshadowing for Cassandra, you know, going against us in the show. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was in the books. You know, speaking of foreshadowing and Tangled, I'm going to take an aside for a second and point out that the people who are comparing Tangled to Game of Thrones, I'd like to remind them that we have a cliffhanger at the end of a season and we have a whole season left to go. Yes. It's like they completely changed people's personalities for the sake of, I mean, like, there's this is still story development going on. This isn't the end of the mm-hmm. series. 
please stop comparing it to Game of Thrones. Like, seriously. It's people, not done like, yet. Hold on. I keep reading that and just laughing. It's so funny. I'm like, <laughs> guys, I I trust all of the writers on Tangled more than anyone working on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> like, honestly, I've seen so many, like, bits of interviews with the actors who were, like, so shocked and disgusted with how their character ends up at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, this was completely out of character. Mm-hmm. And And on that note, Remember how Eden acted right after? She was like, guys, it's It'll gonna be, be okay. Exactly. You gotta I... trust Eden. If Eden's saying it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. It's fine. Trust Eden. Trust Everybody Eden. relax. You can see how uncomfortable all the Game of Thrones people are about talking about their characters. They're like, yeah, this was the best season ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Eden was very calm she was very like it's just gonna be okay so i trust her completely absolutely i i think it's gonna be okay absolutely it'll be good yeah okay um so it takes place on the first full moon in april which is a detail that will be important later which is when the flowers start blooming but this year it's the hidden moon festival because it takes place during a lunar eclipse a lunar eclipse Oh my god. The sun and the moon and all that. It was right there! (laughs) The moon overshadowing the sun. Jesus Christ. I'm going to take another pause at this point for my second WTF moment. The flower slash hidden moon festival is supposed to happen not long after Rapunzel's coronation. They don't give an exact time frame, but in this moment Rapunzel is narrating, I couldn't believe there was another big event coming up so quickly. The coronation had only just happened. So let's do the math, shall we? Rapunzel's coronation was six months after she returned to the kingdom, which she did the day slash a few days after her birthday, which is in the summer, right? Like, going strictly by the setting entangled the movie and mm-hmm. the line, you know, just feel that summer breeze the way it's calling me. Mm-hmm. So her birthday's in the summer. So in order for this festival to be in April and for the coronation to have only just happened, that would put Rapunzel's birthday in October or September at the earliest. Now, somebody once pointed out to me that it's possible that Layla Howland was thinking of this whole thing in the setting of the Southern Hemisphere, which, I mean, season-wise, that makes sense. But on the other hand, um, it doesn't make sense because it's (laughs) Mm -hmm. supposed to be like pseudo-Europe and there are places nearby like Italy and France. So uh, just, yeah, that I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> that she's like, April! And I'm like, April, really, huh? <laughs> so the Flower Slash Hidden Moon Festival is a big deal in Corona because Corona is a party kingdom. And it's a time when they basically do a kingdom-wide talent show. People show off their wares and their skills. They do demonstrations and teach brief classes, but they're also selected specially to perform. So it's not like just anybody can do just any old thing that they want. Rapunzel and Cassandra are going to be very busy over the next few weeks, which will mean little to no time to go into the lagoon. When they get to the lagoon at last, they see that something has cut off the waterfall feed to the pool. Behind where it once was is a semicircle of smooth, flat rocks, which formed a table or altar or something. They decide to take this information to a historian and find out what it could be. So Cassandra takes Rapunzel to meet Xavier. Yay. Yay. On the way, Rapunzel convinces Cassandra to buy them some pastries while she goes and chats with a local artist named Dahlia. Cassandra explains to Rapunzel that Dahlia can't do an art demonstration at the festival because the castle's royal portrait painter does that. At Xavier's shop, they find out 
semicircle of stones was an ancient Saporian ceremony circle. When they show him the copy of the Lost Lagoon, he's very impressed because usually that tale is handed down by oral tradition. To have a physical copy, it must be hundreds of years old because Saporian is a dead language. Mm-hmm. He goes on to tell them that it's just a legend that the lagoon doesn't actually exist, which already gives them an advantage because they found said legend but that it's also a romance and that he tells Rapunzel and Cassandra about Hertz Jasan and Champagne their marriage unified old Corona and Saporia into Corona as we know it so this is you know I mean I've used this as an example before but it really is when you read listen to Hertz Jasan's story that it was the two kingdoms were united. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a lot of people think of Saporia as a place that still exists, but it doesn't. The kingdoms were united into one kingdom. And the separatists of Saporia are the people who want it to be a different one kingdom. They want it to be Saporia instead of Corona because mm-hmm. they just can't let old histories die. What the hell? <laughs> um, just then, Marco, Xavier's apprentice, comes out from the back room. Marco believes that the tale is about more than love, but he doesn't believe that it's real. They leave then because Rapunzel has a dance lesson she must get ready for. I'm going to pause here and say that, like, no, I will pause later and tell you because I don't want to, like, get to the spoiler bit. If you guys haven't read the book and are listening to this and this is your first introduction <laughs> to the book, I don't want to spoil things. It's story time with Tangle Talk. <laughs> and now you... You don't have to read the book, right? <laughs> if you haven't. Monsieur Lafleur is the dance instructor, and he approaches his art with great passion and expects the same pe- kind of passion from everyone else. When Rapunzel is stumbling over her dance lesson, he summons Eugene because he assumes that Rapunzel is being in love with him is what is distracting her from the dance. It wasn't what was on her mind, but Eugene's presence at her dance as her dance partner does wonders to improve her routine. She confesses mm-hmm. to Eugene that she's glad she told him about her hair, and he agrees. The cutest thing ever! <laughs> so cute okay honestly this book enforces and reinforces their love over and over again and just makes me so happy yes later eugene approaches cassandra hoping to extend an olive branch of peace but her paranoia about his motives and her ability to read suspects makes her jump to the conclusion that rapunzel told eugene about her hair and eugene's suddenly nervous only nervousness only proves it he admits that they talked about it and assists Cassandra can trust him with the information. Furious with Rapunzel and scared for her job, Cassandra immediately begins packing to leave, intending to slip out into the night. She still has to dress Rapunzel for the dinner with the Harvanian royalty that night, and then she can leave when everyone else is asleep. As Rapunzel is returning to her room after her dance lesson, she runs into Eugene, who tries to tell her that Cassandra knows that he knows, but he doesn't manage to get it out before Rapunzel gets back to her room and faces down a steel-furious Cassandra. Cassandra informs her that she'll be leaving, finding another kingdom to be the guard in, since she clearly won't be able to do it in Corona. Rapunzel is running late for dinner, for which she's gently reprimanded by Ariana, and so hurries to leave, and Monsieur Lafleur is there, wanting to escort her to dinner. He tells her that he heard she has an original manuscript of the Lost Lagoon and expresses his interest in it, saying that he's heard someone in the library asking about it. Rapunzel can't get Cassandra to promise to stay, but she does get her to agree to hide the book before she leaves. Castle's being real dramatic here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Dramatic, like, the entire book. This is part of why it was like so hard for me. Like, this one, she's dude, like, I'm leaving. Out. I'm like, dude, chill out. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no one knows yet. Like, calm <laughs> down a notch you don't I, have to leave it clearly can't be a garden corona because eugene knows about your hair uh-huh. no, have some faith he? in him 
Yeah. So no, her attitude did not impress me in this book at all. <laughs> Cassandra hides the book within her own satchel in her own room under the bed and then begins to prep for the imminent departure. But she can't get the idea that someone is looking for the book, possibly Lafleur himself. And on top of that, a storm rolls in, and so Cassandra is stuck in Corona for at least one more night. At dinner, Rapunzel is trying to figure out a way to get Cassandra to stay, while also dodging questions Monsieur Lafleur has about the book. The daughter of the Hervanian family, Marie, is into high fashion and sports. The plan is for the two families to play flying discs the following day. After, I love how they're just going to go out and play frisbee. I mean, how great is that? <laughs> yeah, ultimate! <laughs> After dinner, Rapunzel and Eugene show the Harvanians the dance they'd learned, and Rapunzel talks to him about Cassandra leaving as they dance. He points out that life on the road is hard, and that Cassandra probably isn't fully prepared for it at this point. All her lady-in-waiting duties has stripped her of her time for guard practice, so she's gone six months without really training. This gives Rapunzel the idea that Cassandra still wants to learn that special move that is sure to get her into the guard, and maybe she can convince her to stay long enough to learn it. The next day, the two families, plus Cassandra, are out in the yard preparing to play pl flying disc. Cassandra has brought the book in her satchel and intends to pass it off to Rapunzel after the game, so she, Cass, can leave afterwards. Rapunzel reminds her that she needs to train if she wants to be prepared for life on the road, and offers to help her. Just before they start to play, Marie goes to get her lucky armband from the sidelines. Rapunzel suggests Cassandra learn the winged beast before she leaves, and that interests her enough to convince her to stay. But when Cassandra goes to get the disc for gameplay, she discovers that the book is missing. Because, I don't know, she just goes through her stuff in between duties. I don't know. <laughs> As the game is cleaned up, Rapunzel and Cassandra discuss who could have possibly taken the book. Their biggest suspect is Monsieur Lafleur, but they are also suspect Marie of Hervan. See, it's been Hervanian, like, the entire time, and so now I'm reading it just as a country. <laughs> um, but they also suspect Marie of Hervan. She was the last person they saw near Cassandra's satchel, after all. They seek out Monsieur Lafleur, who is rehearsing the dance he is going to have performed at the festival, and they ask him if he took the book, to which, of course, he answers no. He explains that he wants to see the book so he can write a ballet about it, and Cassandra isn't seeing any indication of lying, because she's a lie detector, like her owl. <laughs> Rapunzel and Cassandra head back to the lagoon to look for more clues to the mystery of the ancient power, or to find evidence that someone else has been there. Cassandra finds some Saporian writing etched into the stone, and Rapunzel writes it down so they can take it back for translation. A few days later, we find ourselves in the interior of Miss Tasha's divination room, set up in one of the castle parlors. She is a matchmaker by profession, and since the Flower Moon Festival is known for sparking romance, her presence is requested to help ensure that the couples who get together are actually right for each other. Why are they so meddling? They're like, <laughs> people can't date who they want, they have to be right for each other. Just come on, people. Jeez. <laughs> She does this by reading their auras. Rapunzel and Cassandra are testing Miss Tasha's expertise to make sure she is the right person for the job at the festival. Miss Tasha is accompanied by her lute player, who sits in the shadows as to not be distracting and plays a low, mellow tune to keep the mood right. Rapunzel and Cassandra continue trying to discuss the translation while Miss Tasha attempts to work. She gets them to quiet down so she can do her best work and then calls in a citizen of the castle to see if there's any sort of reaction. Eugene walks in, and Miss Tasha promptly declares him and Rapunzel a perfect match for each other. Aww. There's, like, barely any Eugene in this one, but when it is, it's, Eugene like, is, it perfect. Is good. <laughs> yes. Which convinces Rapunzel right away that Miss Tasha is right for the job. Oh, she's like, she's perfect. She knows that we're meant for each other. As she turns to go, Marie walks in, but Miss Tasha ushers a disruptive Cassandra out before she can interrogate Marie. 
While Marie is busy with having her aura read and the Marquis and his wife are out riding horses, Cassandra went to break into the room to look for the book. She finds nothing except how fastidiously organized Marie is and the Marquis' food diary. Unfortunately, Marie arrives before Cass is done searching and she has to make up an excuse for what she's doing there, rifling through their belongings. She manages to throw Marie off the scent by offering to have her fence with Rapunzel at the festival as one of the demonstrations and Marie jumps at the chance. After their practice match, Rapunzel and Cassandra head into town to visit Xavier and get translation. On the way there, Rapunzel convinces Cassandra to stop for pastries again. I guess she really likes those pastries. And as soon as Cassandra goes into the bakery, Rapunzel pops across the way to talk to Dahlia. Remember Dahlia? She's that artist from the beginning of part two. (laughs) While there, Rapunzel gets the idea that she can paint Cassandra a present that's meaningful enough to make her stay. Rapunzel talks to Dahlia... That's always Rapunzel's answer. I'm going to paint you a picture. Then you'll be <laughs> both mad at me. <laughs> Rapunzel talks to Dahlia about getting supplies for her painting and getting her to help it, help on it. She invites her into the castle to give her details on the secret project that she has in mind. Cassandra arrives and they head off to Xavier's. Xavier translates the phrase Rapunzel wrote down at the lagoon, but offers to give them books on how to read Saporian rather than translate everything for them himself. <laughs> he offers Very to nice. Look- yeah, I know, right? That well, makes perfect sense. I'm going to give you, I'm going to teach you to fish instead of giving you a fish. Rapunzel's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) All right, I get to learn another language. (laughs) He offers to lend them some books, which Marco will deliver later. Marco shows them the dagger he's been designing for the Royal Guard, and Cassandra tries tries it out. Impressed with her prowess, Marco assures her that he sees nothing but a future in the Guard for her. After leaving Xavier's, Rapunzel insists that they go over to the lagoon to practice the winged beast. Cassandra is still determined to leave eventually, though, because she will not live in fear of her secret being found out and being thrown out of the castle. Oh my god, Cass, please <laughs> stop being so overdramatic! <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, goodness gracious. She'd rather leave on her own and find with another guard and find work with another guard elsewhere. They practice the maneuver over and over, but they just can't get it right. After they're done practicing for the day, Rapunzel finds the ancient spearhead, which gives them more proof of people being at the lagoon once, and Cassandra starts the second starts the second gets her decision to leave. Oh look! There's like an altar and writing. Oh, a spearhead. There must have been people here. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I think I'll stay. <laughs> She's like, oh, there were people here? Cool, I'll stay. Oh, there's <laughs> weapons here? Cool, I'll stay. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, yes. The next morning, Rapunzel and Cassandra lead, um, head to the castle library to find books on the ancient weapons so they can look up the spearhead Rapunzel found. In speaking to Canard, the librarian, they discover that Lafleur has been looking at books on the geography and Maria has been studying Coronian history, both of which raise alerts to their minds. As they're discussing what the spearhead could be, Dahlia shows up to help with Rapunzel's secret project. Cassandra is irritated with Rapunzel that she's gone against her protocol and invited Dahlia to participate without any vetting, says that Rapunzel can't just invite anyone to be a part of the demonstrations. Aside, Rapunzel tells Dahlia what her plan for Cassandra's present is and suggests that she look busy while Rapunzel keeps Cassandra occupied. It comes down to a matter of trust. Cassandra doesn't trust Dahlia because she doesn't know her, despite Rapunzel's insistence that she's fine. Have we heard this before? Has I don't Cassandra think Cass should be saying Dahlia anything about trust. Oh, <laughs> I'm still bitter. <laughs> I still love Cass, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, oh, 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 trusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cass, whatever. <laughs> Maria 
arrives for fencing practice and they confront her about the Coronan history books. Marie explains that she has been embroidering historical Coronan emblems onto her fencing outfit out of respect for the host kingdom. They do their fencing practice and Rapunzel and Cassandra retreat back to Rapunzel's room, where Cassandra gets on her case again about inviting just anybody up to the castle. Marco arrives with the lint books. While he's handing them over, Cassandra accidentally drops the spearhead they found earlier, and Marco takes an interest in it. Cassandra lies and says he can't see it because it's lucky, and Rapunzel fills in that she's superstitious about it. The books from Xavier imply that they need to go to the lagoon where the, when the moon is bright, and perhaps that will show them the secret they've been missing. They agree to go back to the lagoon on the following night. The next day, while Cassandra is busy, Rapunzel slips down to the marketplace on her own to meet with Dahlia about the gift for Cassandra. They're bonding over being artists when Cassandra unexpectedly shows up. She pulls Rapunzel away from the art shop, and Rapunzel invites Dahlia up to her room later to bring the paints she's purchased. Cassandra chastises Rapunzel for her reckless behavior, going out without Cassandra or a guard, and for inviting someone she didn't know well back to her personal room. She is so overprotective. Shut up, Cass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just like how she's like, you can't let anybody into the castle when they literally do that. Just anybody. Literally anyone can go into the freaking Corona castle. (laughs) Seriously. Like, Shorty just wanders the halls, people. (laughs) Oh, but can't have the art girl up there. Shut up, Cass. (laughs) (laughs) That evening, after Rapunzel's dues are complete, but before they have had, they have, let me start that sentence over. (laughs) That evening, after Rapunzel's dues are complete, but before they head to the lagoon, she and Cassandra head up to her room, only to find that the door has been unlocked and the place ransacked. Fortunately, her journal is safe and hidden still. Nothing was actually taken, but Cassandra is rattled that someone would dare break into the princess's room, and that there were no guards around to stop it. I'm with her on that! Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Corona card. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Damn you, Stan and Pete! <laughs> No, Stan and Pete. It's all about Stan and Pete. Somebody (laughs) bribed him with the clears. I don't know. (laughs) They clean the room up and decide not to tell the guards about the break-in. Smart. Oh, yeah, let's not tell the guards about the break-in. Or else they risk everyone finding out about the lagoon. Cassandra doesn't think it could be Marie because Marie is too fastidious to have left any place as messy as that. As they head to the lagoon that night, Cassandra confesses that she thinks Dahlia is to blame for the break-in. Rapunzel suggests that maybe it's Lafleur after all, and Cassandra reminds her that he's just interested in writing a ballet. She distrusts Dahlia because of how quickly she sprung up and quickly worded, wormed her way into Rapunzel's heart. Rapunzel insists that it wasn't Dahlia and complains that all she wants is friends and Cassandra can't ever want to talk about artsy stuff, but <laughs> Dahlia does. She says that she knows that in her gut that Dahlia is not to blame and she begs Cassandra to trust her on this. Cassandra relents and says Dahlia can come backstage at the festival thing, to festival things, but not to take her beyond public areas, and Rapunzel agrees. At the lagoon... They discover that the blue rocks that they retrieved on their first visit shone yellow in the moonlight. Thinking it has something to do with the ancient power, Cassandra goes down to retrieve one, but they turn out to be nothing special out of water like before. Their previous argument is forgotten when Cassandra starts a water fight, and they end up in the evening on a high note. Cassandra and agrees to stay an extra night, one night after the festival, because of the recent security breaches. They need to get to the bottom of the mystery before she'll be willing to leave. The day of the festival arrives, and Rapunzel and Marie face off for their fencing match. Afterwards, Dahlia arrives, but Rapunzel can't find anywhere that's quiet enough to talk to her, so she ends up inviting her up to her room anyway. (laughs) Rapunzel? She's like, it's fine, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine, it's fine, yeah. They discuss the kind of painting Rapunzel wants to do for Cassandra, and they talk about other artistic things. Rapunzel shows Dahlia the friendship bracelet she made her for herself from stone 
from the bottom of the lagoon, and Dahlia asks for a closer look. So despite her misgivings, Rapunzel takes it off for the first time and hands it over. Oh, yes, because that that friendship bracelet has totally been in the series up to this point. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I totally remember it. It was there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the flower ring. (laughs) Aww. Oh, sad. Cassandra has been having a good past few days and she's starting to really feel like maybe she doesn't need to leave Corona after all. She (laughs) considers her options and realizes that Rapunzel would make her the captain of the guard without hesitation when the time came. She considers what a good team she and Rapunzel made and how even Eugene hasn't spilled her secret despite her misgivings. While she's in town, she runs into Xavier who gives her one more book he found on Saporian myths and legends. Excited and cheerful, she runs back to the castle to show the book to Rapunzel and comes in on Rapunzel handing the bracelet over to Dahlia. Furious that Rapunzel would completely ignored all of her advice about the dangers of having strangers in the castle's inner sanctum, not to mention the person was Dahlia, who Cassandra specifically distrusted. Furious Cassandra declares that she's leaving Corona immediately. This is so traumatic. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm leaving at once. (laughs) Okay, okay, bye. I'll see you when you your mind that's... in like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna save us a lot of trouble in a season you realize yeah i know right <laughs> rapunzel tries to get her to stay while all the while dahlia keeps trying to get them to tell her what they're talking about <laughs> rapunzel and cassandra keep their conversation vague cassandra declares that if rapunzel wants her to be happy she'll let her go so rapunzel miserably concedes and lets cassandra and cassandra leaves drama and that's where drama, it should have and that's where it should have ended and we would not be in the mess we're in now <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? but everything will be fine unless she kills Edmund and then I will retract that statement immediately <laughs> oh my god that would be wild I'm Eugene like would be so, so mad I'm freaking excited for like the beginning of season 3 I can't even like describe know. because like we're just kind of all sitting in the stupor of where do we go from here? Like, mm-hmm. seriously, that post that the person made the other day about, like, and then Lance is on the other side of the door going, I wonder what's going in there. I'm like, that's seriously what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sitting around, Edmund and Adira are, like, catching up on the past 30 years. And, gosh, no, yeah. So it's crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. Anybody who hurts my sweet, precious uh, Edmund will feel my wrath. <laughs> awesome. Just letting them know. Here's my question. That includes the writers. <laughs> but here's my question. Do you fight like Camuel? Like, if you put up your dukes, you're going to knock yourself out? Cause... No. How dare you, re- you Becky? Part three. Yeah. Cassandra leaves the book she just got outside Rapunzel's door and heads back to her room to pack. She figures that everyone is busy with the festival that they won't even notice her absence. It takes a few she takes a few weapons and supplies and collects owl and goes as soon as night falls. Unfortunately, as soon as she heads out, she twists her ankle on her root. Cause that is so Cassandra style to just <laughs> twist her ankle on root. It was tender but not broken, and with a little first aid, she's still able to continue her journey, though not as fast. She decides to go to the lagoon to camp out for the night and continue in the morning. But as she approaches the entrance, she's attacked from behind by someone demanding that she take them to the lagoon, and Owl flies off with her bracelet. (laughs) Which I guess she never takes off either. I guess. And it's totally been, like, obvious in the series the whole time. Yeah, I think we've missed it. (laughs) Must be. Rapunzel spent the remainder of the day in her own room with Dahlia, unable to bring herself to go and enjoy the rest of the festival with Cassandra gone, and so mad at her, and also mad at her. 
A knock on the door heralds the arrival of Eugene, who has come to escort her to the festival ball. She immediately falls against him crying, and he asks what's wrong. It eventually gets out that Cassandra has gone, and why? Just then, Ariana and the captain of the guard show up, and Eugene tells Dahlia to hide under the bed. After all, she's really not supposed to be up in Rapunzel's room. <laughs> I mean, she's not. Cass wasn't wrong about that. Yeah. When they tell Rapunzel that Cassandra is gone, she says she knows and that Cass wasn't happy there, so she let her go. Ariana entreats Rapunzel to think about where Cassandra might have gone so they can try to find her and explains to her that she's a good friend, but even friends make mistakes. She presents Rapunzel with a book that Cassandra left outside her door and leaves her to think to try and leaves her to think and try to figure out where Cass might have gone. Owl arrives in with Cassandra's bracelet and Rapunzel suddenly knows where Cassandra has gone. She asks Dahlia to act as her decoy by laying in bed and heads out. <laughs> so now she's going to leave her alone in her room. <laughs> Lay in my bed. <laughs> but you're kind of an airhead if the guard was even competent and they found her they'd be like oh and you're dead now yep you're not rapunzel first though she stops eugene's room to tell him that she's going after cassandra but that she can't tell him where exactly she'll be but they request that he keep her parents and the guards distracted while she's gone he agrees, and Rapunzel sets off to the lagoon by the dim light of the nearly eclipsed moon, book with her for safekeeping. Okay, I will say that if anybody can keep the guards distracted, it's Eugene. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell like, yeah. She gave him the best possible job because, like, he's made a career out of distracting those guards. And back here at the lagoon, Cassandra has discovered that her attacker is Marco. He had disposed of her sword and demands again to be taken to the lagoon, and Cassandra plays dumb, pretending there is no physical lagoon. He informs her that he has been studying the lagoon his whole life and that he will and that he was the loot player to Miss Tasha's parlor, that he overheard her and Rapunzel talk about it. He suspects that they knew where the lagoon was, but it wasn't until he saw Hertzerson's spearhead in the in their possession that he had his proof. He was a thief who stole the original book, and he was the one who ransacked Rapunzel's room looking for evidence. He is, after all, he's after the ancient power of Corona and intends to make himself king with it. I'm going to pause right here and say the thing that I didn't say before. So, incidentally, when we were introduced to Marco, I pictured him as this, you know, really tall, handsome black guy. Blue eyes, because he's got the blue eyes in in the description. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, like, hey, good for my imagination. And my imagination, like, is POC. And then he's the villain. And I'm like, why did my imagination make the black guy the villain? (laughs) (laughs) I was so mad at my brain for that. I'm like, come on. Why? I can't remember exactly. But I feel like the first time I was reading this, I was like, he's going to be like Hans. Yeah, he's (laughs) going to be... The charming, pretty guy, and he's Absolutely. gonna be the villain again. I suspected Marco the entire time. I really did. I'm just like, he shows up, and I'm like, he's it. He's the villain. I Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. so, and that's when Rapunzel arrives. She comes swinging out of a tree and kicks Marco away from Cassandra. Cass is able to retrieve her dagger that he took from her. Rapunzel demands to know what Marco wants, and when he tells her he's after the lagoon, she informs him that they're already there and goes into a big show of acting like the lagoon is make-believe and that she and Cassandra pretend they're visiting often. Marco buys the ruse and demands to know what Cassandra was doing out there in the middle of the night if not to try to get to the lagoon, and she confesses that she was running away and that her friend came to save her. Defeated, Marco decides to kill Cassandra anyway. Good job, Marco. (laughs) Rapunzel and Cassandra perform the winged beast perfectly for the first time and take him down. Owl summons Fidella, who takes Marco far out of the kingdom and leaves him we don't know where. (laughs) He's just gone. (laughs) Fidella murdered a man. (laughs) 
Stuck him in the jail, he'd be out soon anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> it is literally smarter to take to him far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they decide to finish getting to the lagoon and look at the book Xavier gave Cassandra. It turns out that the precious stones they'd been looking for were actually writing tablets with knowledge inscribed on them. The full moon reveals the location of the tablets, but only under the lunar eclipse when it was dark enough to do so. Do bioluminescent plants and things light up location and make the tablets visible okay that makes perfect sense <laughs> gotta love fantasy novels yes <laughs> rapunzel asks, asks if cassandra is still running away and cassandra counters with wondering if rapunzel told everyone she was gone rapunzel explains that everyone realized that she was gone on their own and swears that no one knows where they are now but the two of them they free the tablets from the bottom of the lagoon and bring them back up to the surface to read the power it turns out is love and the treasure is peace between the kingdoms Champagne is the author of the poem, and she and her son held their wedding at this lagoon. Rapunzel and Cassandra make amends and say they sacrifice their bracelets back into the lagoon as part of their own ceremony of peace. Early the next morning, before dawn, they return to the kingdom to discover that the guard is out in force looking for Cassandra. Thanks to Dahlia and Eugene, no one knows Rapunzel is missing. And now it's time for WTF moment number three. <laughs> at this point, there was a description. Wisps of fog were in the autumn air, chilling us. Autumn air. It was April. <laughs> it was so, just like a cool day that day. <laughs> it's like, so, I mean, it's just, it's like, I mean, overall, the book is pretty good, but Layla Howland could not get her timeline straight. She just, I mean, yes, yes, that might be a Southern Hemisphere thing. I will openly acknowledge, but she doesn't live in the Southern Hemisphere. She's a U.S. citizen. Maybe she did at some point in her life, but she doesn't. And Tangled is supposed to be fake Europe. And so... She just keeps losing track of time. Like, <laughs> she doesn't know when anything happens. Now, granted... And, like, that's kind of fair, because, you know, it is vague in the first place. But, yeah. But but that is, that is a, like, she forgot to write down when it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe she accidentally wrote down, like, taking place in, you know, autumn instead, but then was like, oh... Hey, April, right, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you know, like she smudged it or something. I don't know. I'm trying to her logic for the Flower Moon Festival makes sense. It's in April yeah. because that's when the flowers start to bloom. And then she's like, the autumn air. And I'm like, oh, honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> okay. So while this gets the original timeline back on track that I was complaining about before, um, I heard, I literally heard like a record scratch in my head when I read that line. So yeah, I just, I guess she forgot and none of the editors caught it. But anyway, so if you haven't read the book, when you get to there, be prepared. Um, Cassandra is stunned and touched that everyone is looking for her and figures that she must belong in Corona after all. Cassandra reveals herself to the guard as having returned and Rapunzel sneaks back into her room. In her absence, Dahlia has come up with some ideas to help with Rapunzel's presence for, present for Cassandra. After explaining her idea, Rapunzel sneaks out of the castle because that's all she does is sneak out of the castle. Sneak in, sneak out. Sneak in, sneak out. The following day, Cassandra joins the royal family for tea at Ariana's invitation. Ariana and Frederick inform Cassandra that she's not just Rapunzel's lady-in-waiting, she's also her protector, and reiterate that they feel she belongs in Corona with them, and Cassandra agrees. Our tale ends with Rapunzel presenting Cassandra with her gift on what's done of it so far. Or what's done of it so far. Rapunzel has drawn a portrait of the two of them on canvas, but then she gets an idea, and with Cassandra's help, she pastes the picture of them to the map of the lagoon, and then they paint over it to keep it hidden. 
And after all, it wouldn't do for the map to fall into the wrong hands. They paint together until the portrait is done together and part of a team. The end. So, I, yeah, they have a nice little happy ending there. said that thing about, you know, Ariana and Frederick are like, you're Rapunzel's protector. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> if only they could see her now. But maybe Cass is did do what she did, you know, to re- protect Rapunzel. Maybe she really was afraid that Rapunzel would just explode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what she's afraid of. I mean... Honestly, I am so sure that there's a lot of misinformation that's been fed to Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Um, she's clearly, you know, re-infuriated with Rapunzel when she comes out of the door. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Owl is judging her, so clearly she made some kind of a deal that, like, Owl doesn't think should have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean... Oh, I just can't wait to know. Ooh. I know. <laughs> it's like, so exciting. Means, like, series, take your time. This is our last season. We don't want to rush it. And I actually, I did hear relatively recently, it was from one of the people who work on DuckTales, that Disney actually intends to continue this, like, series bomb format. So it's like, we're going to keep getting groups of episodes at a time instead mm-hmm. of a week. Um, they, I guess they have discovered that that has some sort of success rate, maybe in the streaming services. I don't know. Maybe they're doing it so they can like finish stuff up before Disney Plus starts. What you um, mean, like two episodes a week? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a <laughs> lot. Because <laughs> here's well, Ducktales, for example, has been airing uh, four episodes a week. Lately. Oh no! Holy, we God. can't do that. I can't. They've been doing one a day for four days of the week, and then oh, like Jesus. Monday through Thursday, it's just bam, 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 and you get four new episodes. So I'm like, please no. <laughs> Here's the thing: it will be hard if they do that, but if they do that with Tangled, at least if they do one a day, we'll be able to scream about it for a day before we get the next one. Yeah. And also, yeah, if they do one day, well, I am not going to mean it for us, Becky. Recording the podcast. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be like, they have two hour episodes every single time. That's what's going to happen. No, it's um, not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not guys, I'm lying. That's not going to happen. I mean, I'm not even like kidding. I'm straight up lying to your faces. We are not doing it that way. I can do um, the two a week. Like, it's a lot, but that's fine. Because it is fun to sit yeah. down and be like, oh, it's over. I get to watch a new one. Oh. Yeah. But then at the end, I'm like, oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> also, if they do that many, then it's like, I, there's no way I'm staying up after midnight every single day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll just watch it tomorrow, you know? <laughs> like, maybe I'll adjust my sleep schedule so that I get up early so that I'm, like, not late for work. And I'll just watch it first thing in the morning before I get spoilers. But I am not staying up past midnight every <laughs> single night. Just, like, No. If they want to leave Tangled on weekends, give us one on Saturday and one on Sunday, or even two on Saturday and two on Sunday. Yeah, that's do what, that. That's what do the that. Germans' schedule was. They did one yeah. on Saturday and one on Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they want to do that. That's that's great. Um, but yeah, so that was the first book. Um, next podcast, we'll go over the other one. Um, as we said prior, we have talked to Leela Howland about it, and there is no third book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah like so sure there was going to be but at this point i'm like what she could she possibly write about yeah right you can't interrupt the like current story in order to be like oh by the way (laughs) it's like so the whole cast thing happened (laughs) (laughs) no the way she writes the whole cast thing didn't happen yeah i know right (laughs) everything's fine fine here here's my perfect idea for uh 
what the what the third book could be. It could just be like two bajillion pages of Eugene and his dad. Yeah. Just talking <laughs> about everything. <laughs> yeah. Cuz the likelihood that I'll get to that we'll get to see it mm, I don't know. Mm, I hope yeah, so. I'm afraid they're not going to have a legit conversation. That's the only thing I'm worried about at least a small conversation you know because i feel like they're probably not going to leave the dark kingdom right away because for one thing they drew some crazy elaborate sets to have it only be in a double episode yeah so like i really feel like i mean technically we've seen some interior shots throughout you know season two Mm -hmm. but i just i feel like we gotta i mean obviously they're not gonna be like start up season three and be like so remember that thing that happened with castle we are no longer in the castle so like i mean they're gonna be in the castle when we show up and Mm -hmm. i mean obviously i've got no way of knowing but i just (laughs) feel like they're not going to leave immediately they might be there for like a couple episodes at least before they're like well we're boned let's leave (laughs) so um and yeah i hope that that edmund goes with them and doesn't get killed Please let Eddie go with Just him. let him Please get back to Corona before we kill him off. I just, I just want him to be creeping in the background at their wedding. Is that too much to ask? Come oh. on. Just let him oh be. Oh my god, think about how quirky he is and how he could like creep in the background with his quirkiness. Like what if it like turns out that he's been alone so long that he's actually like, like afraid of crowds? Oh. So he's like... <laughs> He just, he's like hiding the rafters with his ravens. And Eugene looks at him and he just gives him a thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Oh, no, he gives him a thumb up. Oh, Don't dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Edmund. My bad, bud. It's okay. <laughs> He'll forgive you. So, oh, also, I'll pull this up at the end right now, guys. Um, in case you had not heard yet, Kelsey is going to be visiting me later this week. Possibly yes. by the time you hear this, she might be in the air. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's going to be fun. And we will, I'm sure we'll scream about our Disneyland trip and whatnot because we're not just going to Disneyland. Yes. But um, so it's gonna be great. I'm going to be quiet on my blog. She's going to be quiet on her blog. It'll be like over the Memorial Day weekend. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. We're like really excited, like yes. vibratingly excited. Yes. So I guess that about wraps it up for us this time around, folks. So next time we will be talking about the next book. And who knows if I get bored enough, I might write a synopsis of the second book so that we can read you another story because that was actually kind of fun reading you guys a story um so thanks for joining us and we will talk to you guys next time bye bye bye